following has been rated PG by the Motion Picture Industries rating system. Parents may consider that some of the program content may be unsuitable for children. Parental guidance is therefore suggested. Stand by to receive our transmission. BK on the air. It has been a week. It has. <laughs> what a week. What a week it's been. It's always been a week when I'm away. Uh, you're listening to AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. You can listen to us online at WBHFradio.org in case you can't hear me on the radio, which, uh, let's face it, uh, you get so far away from somewhere, you want to be able to listen somewhere else and tune us in. So there's many ways to do it. Uh, it is Saturday morning. I'm trying to bring that Saturday morning feel back to Saturday mornings, the old one that, the old Saturday morning that you used to remember. At least I try to be fun like the old days. The, they, ever since they invented a cartoon network and several channels that play cartoons all the time, Saturday morning cartoons aren't as special anymore. But I've tried to bring the feel back here. I'm your retro radio rocket man. Alan Sanders is in here with me. I can see you. You've actually, and I think it's great because when we went to a break earlier this morning here at WBHF, you would, uh, you'd be animated, and you're like, hey, it's Alan Sanders. I'm waking up with Alan, and blah, 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 blah. Let's go to a break and take a commercial break. <laughs> and you're like, come here, humped over, hunched over the whole console here in the broadcast booth, and then all of a sudden, oh, we're coming back. And you spring back to life. Because That's not you had quite the, true. You had quite the, the harrowing day yesterday and last well, night, didn't you? I wasn't you know, dangling from he a He said it's not scraper. entirely true, folks, entirely. That means there was some truth to it. I, it was a longer day. <laughs> It was, it, it, it was a it was a longer day, uh, for yeah. your for your audience. Uh, I don't know how. Well, much you were all over, look, look, keep it Reader's Digest. You were all over Reader's the place yesterday. You just you did well. Morning radio for three hours. Yep. Covered for a national talk show for three hours. Right. And the return of high school football for six and a and half hours. And you had hours. to drive into downtown Atlanta for the national talk Correct. show covered. I yes. could not do that so from do here that. in these studios yep. or even from my home studio. So no. yeah. So f- then, factor in a two hours of commuting time. <laughs> you turned around, had to come back up here. Uh-huh. And uh, check in here at WBHA. You wound right back up where you started. Yes. Yesterday, last night, doing football coverage, running the entire operation of the football coverage. Last or the night. board. You weren't, you weren't calling the game. Well, no. let's face it. You were in command. You were on in the con. You oh, were on right. the bridge of the Enterprise. If I here. really did get, if I wanted to be one of those like millennials, I could have turned off anybody's. That's mic what I'm at saying. You point. had ultimate control. You didn't exercise the control of turning it off. I, but you could have. I restrained. You control. You were in control of it. And. Uh, I actually was thinking about what you did yesterday, and uh, I got uh, man, I was I was tired just listening to you. I, mean, I don't know. I, I said that really. Wrong. I don't mean I was tired of listening to you. I mean I was tired listening to what you were doing. Let's put it that way, because you felt I kinda, tired for I me. I was right. I was kind of following you around, uh, uh, audio like yesterday. I was an audio guy listening to you yesterday, and I found out if if there was a piece of music that I could find somewhere that that would describe. Alan Sanders running around yesterday like, like it, let's uh, say what my mom used to say. You're running around like a chicken with its head okay. cut off. <laughs> I don't know what, what you're going to play. Well, don't, don't you... try to guess it because if you guess it, you're going to ruin the whole thing. Okay. Well, so uh, so when I play it, you tell me if that's what okay. you were thinking of. Are you going to trust me that you think that I'm going to yeah, be try, honest? Yeah, I'll trust you. You're, I'm one, write of, it out you're right. one of the rare people that I can trust when you say stuff like that. Because I have come no on. idea. You told me, go, I'm going to play something like, oh, come right. on. I'm going to play something. So the, I'm going to write if, out what I think if you're going to play. If Alan Sanders was, had music, a soundtrack to Alan running around yesterday, this would be it. 
starts here, he runs there, he goes downstairs, downtown, he comes back up here, he runs the thing, he's got to do that, he gets stuck in traffic, and all that stuff. This is Alan, this is Alan, okay, running so around yesterday, so there we go. This is the piece of music I was thinking you were going to play, but I don't know what it's called. I think, is it Flight it's called, of the Bumble? Nope, nope, that's close. That's another interesting one. This is actually called Saber Dance by Autumn Kachaturian. Ah, Saber, okay. Yeah. I, so, yeah. For some reason, I think of this as Flight of the Bumblebee, like, it's like chasing but all around. But Flight of the Bumblebee would work, too, but you're right. This is you, yesterday. It's like, it's like, this is always used. I mean, it has a classical connotation in its own context, you know, where, where it is written in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a thing that he wrote way, way back. Yeah, long, I think it's an Armenian. It's an Armenian uh, composer as well. But yeah, but you're, you're talking about Fly to the Bumblebee, which is, uh, actually was used for the theme song to the uh, Green Hornet, the TV show in the 60s. Mm. It's like a... Yeah. That's Fly to the yeah. Bumblebee. It's very similar to that, but well, that, that would work for energy, you too. You get the sense of, like, <laughs> wow, these guys are like nonstop. That was you. That was me. That's exactly you. I will tell you, I can't do that every day. <laughs> But I, I tell you what, I got home one time, so yeah, I don't like to do that. I like to have unwind time. I didn't even need yeah, any. Me too. I didn't need. To, I just came home and went. I, I got to have unwind time too. Even coming back from a vacation, I like a day to sit at home and relax. I mean, I, I don't need it. I don't need it. But I don't like coming, getting home at midnight and then having to get up and go to the work the next day. So I don't mind it as much now because I like my jobs that I have. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really mind because we had the conversation. To me, Monday. To me, weeks now are Monday through Sunday. Right. Exactly. Because Sunday through Saturday. it used to be Monday through Friday. Right. And and then Saturday, I can't wait for Friday. Now, don't get me wrong. Would I love to not work? Sure, I'd love to everybody every day to be a non-worker. I'd non-work love to be independently and, and do whatever I want and just do this every day. You but, would still, uh, but you would still but do I don't, this. I don't dread Monday no, anymore. Not at all. And I haven't for years. And it took me a while to reach that. Be, make that part of your plan. Let's do a little life coaching here. Hey, Hello, hey, welcome hey. to BK and Allen's Life Talk. Yes. Where they, where they, where they share experiences and things in their lives and all the crap that they did wrong and let you know about it and all <laughs> right. the mistakes they made from our error. Yes. Yeah, so you won't do the same thing. They don't make new old mistakes. They don't repeat the old mistakes. They just make brand new ones. And buddy, I can make them sometime. Um, but yeah, just try to find a in your life. Try to find that job. Try to find that thing that you do every day, where you don't dread to go in to do it. I don't know. Not, no, not everyone can do that. I know that. But uh, but you had a pretty good. You, you did it well yesterday. You did everything you should have done. Thank you. And I knew that you were driving home from Atlanta down up back up here to our broadcast area. Just just not far north from Atlanta. About the same time I was <laughs> at the time. I'm like, oh, bet oh, Allen's on the old interstate right now or, or, or near me coming back if up. If you were on I-75 Eastern time between 3, or f- three fifteen to about 4.15, we were on the same interstate. Yeah, I think I was a little behind you, I think. That was okay. probably the case. But we have a lot coming up on the uh, on the program today. I got a, a story about a um, James Gunn. Uh, it's a it's a Guardians Gun. Guardians of the Galaxy James Gunn James Gunn the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is now streaming it's it's so good. fairly new to Disney Plus and you finally saw it so good I, now if you just see Pee Wee's like Big it. Adventure we'd be all caught up I um, saw a reaction video <laughs> that I could watch that was somebody reacting to it no, a Pee Wee yeah no you need to watch the movie first and then watch that afterwards. You need to watch the film first. It's actually, I think you, I know that you think it was a, it's a pretty funny movie. 
It's funny as heck. I mean, I, I definitely like it. I'll take your so word. So check for her it. out. You know, for me, it'd be kind of nice. I just think it was funny that I was talking about it during our Paul Rubens Pee Wee tribute, and I'm just talking and talking and talking. I'm looking at you, and you're nodding, and and you're like, you're like can I admit something? You know, I've never seen it. I'm like, oh, my, I had no idea. Yeah. By the way, while I you're no lavishing all this praise, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll I take sorry, your word I, for it. I had assumed that everyone on the planet had seen Pee Wee. I thought everyone. You know what they did, say so about yeah. assuming? Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Tell me you, off the air. You have fulfilled what it exactly You have fulfilled means. the meaning. James Gunn was distracted while, dis- while directing Guardians of Volume 3. I'll tell you why. It's a cute reason. And a new species of snake named after a popular actor. You won't believe who it is and how many others he's been named after. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh-uh. We'll return after these messages. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Mounds don't. Almond Joy's got real milk chocolate, coconut and munchy nuts too. Mounds got deep dark chocolate and chewy coconut. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Peter Paul, Almond Joy's got nuts. Peter Paul, Mounds don't. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. There's a secret. Where's the secret? Secrets at your fingertips. It's Arthur Treats Your Fish and Chips. How do we make the meal you can't make at home? What makes our fish fillets so crunchy? Are chips like french fries outside and baked inside? We'll never tell. There's a secret here tonight. Real good secret here tonight. Clap your hands and smack your lips for Arthur Treats Original Fish and Chips. You are acting so weird and immature. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. The Jetsons aired in 1962 and quickly became a beloved classic of American animation. Set in a futuristic world where people lived in high-tech homes and flew around in personal spaceships, this space-age version of the Flintstones shared the similar and popular premise of a modern family in a fictional setting. Produced by Hanna-Barbera, responsible for many other iconic cartoons such as Huckleberry Hound, Yogi Bear, and Scooby-Doo, the big difference was that like the Flintstones, the Jetsons also aired on primetime television. The original series had 24 episodes and debuted as the first TV program broadcast in color on ABC. This was in a period when only a handful of ABC stations were capable of broadcasting in color and most viewers still only owned black and white television stations. Sets. Although canceled after its first season due to low ratings, the Jetsons found new life and success being syndicated into the world of Saturday morning cartoons. New episodes were created beginning in 1985 as it was brought back to life after more than two decades. This revival also inspired the feature-length Jetsons movie, which was released in 1990. Much like the futuristic sci-fi series Star Trek, the Jetsons was known for its imaginative space-age designs, which have inspired many real-world inventions and innovations. For example, the show popularized the concept of a smart home where appliances could be controlled by a central computer system. It also depicted video phone calls, both of which are now a reality in the modern world. This is Pat McCormack with your Retro TV Trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. Be sure to check out my podcast, Retro TV Radio, available on most podcast platforms, and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Golden Rage of TV. And now back to BK on the Air.
Bobby Jetson's theme gets all jazzy sounding at the end. It turns into a jazz. Hey, come on, man. Come up to my bachelor pad and watch the Jetsons with me. It's a happening swinging place, baby. Thank you, Pat McCormack, for that trip into the Golden Ridge of TV, talking about the Jetsons. Yeah, um, baby. Yeah, yeah. They, did, they did invent a lot of stuff, kind of like Star Trek. They thought yeah. of a lot of stuff. They just predicted a lot of the sci-fi just stuff. don't have the flying car yet. We don't I have the apartment wanted. complex on stilts. We're like, oh, it's bad weather. Let's just raise ourselves up a few or, hundred or feet just above float, the cloud. Or someone that just float or whatever. Yeah, like, the, like what was that in Star Wars? Bespin, City in the Clouds, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's great. And uh, what was the other floating city? Oh, Flash Gordon's. Um, the Hawkman's city floats in the air too, but even in but in Flash Gordon has like these you see these rocket engines in the bottom of it holding it up. I'm like, what if those go out? <laughs> like in a in the helicarrier in Avengers, you know, when something goes wrong, it starts to crash. You, you know, got to keep it up in the air. Uh, I did watch the Jetsons as a kid. I thought so, you know a lot of people said that. Uh, and, and rightfully so, that the Flintstones was an animated version of, of the Honeymooners. And you can tell mm-hmm. watching it, it obviously is. But some people, I don't know, some people would come out and say the Jetsons was the Donna Reed show. And I would read that here and there, not as much as I read about the Honeymooners being Flintstones. But I, I, I'm like, I don't think that's as, as true as, as, the, as the Honeymooners is the Flintstones. Because I, I look at the comparisons with the Donna Reed show and Jetsons and I see some things might be maybe based on that. But I don't think they based it on, on it the way the Flintstones was on the Honeymooners. I mean, come on. Flintstones. Fred is Ralph Cramden. Without a doubt. Okay. Ralph was a member of the Loyal Order of the Raccoon Lodge. Fred was the Buffaloes. Royal, the Loyal Order of <laughs> you, Water Buffalo. You have you have your sidekick that's a little, you know, just your sidekick. You know, you got a little Ralph, goofy. Ralph had Ed Norton. And I mean, Fred's the voice of Barney is even Barney. like imitating Norton. <laughs> you know who Barney's voice was, don't you? No. It's Mel Blanc did Barney. Really? Believe it or not, that is Mel Blanc, yeah. Wow. The, when they say a man of a billion, I say a was billion Was it somebody voices. different initially? Because I thought his voice changed I think he, from the I black think, and white. I think he changed, either Mel Blanc changed it or it was someone else. I think he might have changed his Crap, voice. I may have just opened the door. Oh, no, yeah. You may have, you may have opened the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wilma is yes. Alice. Now I'm waiting for Alice you. Alice Cramden. Alice? She's Alice because Wilma's hair to the moon. William Wilma's hairdo is the same as Alice. Look at oh, their yeah. hair; it's done the same way. And uh, Betty is Trixie. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 the honeymooners, it's the honeymooners for kids. <laughs> the only difference is Flintstones ran for a little longer. Well, it went it went long enough to where they could have kids, and they never had kids on the honeymooners. Now, now they did adopt a child. In one of the lost black and white live episodes of the Honeymooners, and it was more of a dramatic episode than anything else. But but they had to give the child back because the mother wanted the child back, and it was and they got very attached to it, and it was a horrible ending. It was a very dramatic ending for Ooh. the Honeymooners to do that. You probably never saw that one. Never, not that but, I can recall. Yeah, it was very interesting. So I want to give out the number seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number if we're talking about anything today that you want to chime in on, or if there's anything that I haven't brought up or anything that fits the template of the show. You know, I don't talk sports and I don't talk politics and I don't talk uh, 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 weeds in the front yard or anything like that. But uh, but I could because I have weeds in the front yard. Weeds, just regular ones. I don't have uh, any other type of weeds in my front. Yard. I don't know. There could be. I do. I can't tell the difference. I have no idea. Hey, I have a landscaping guy that does it. I don't. I don't do my yard. So I let somebody else worry about that. I got other things to do, like watch TV. So. Uh, I tease, I tease <laughs> like, before the TV. break. Let's see if I got I got time to do this. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, now on Disney+. Plus. Alan and I both saw it. I saw it in theater, but he saw it when it finally streamed. I got a funny story here. 
that actually ties into that. This is from Whitney Siebold from Slash Film. James Gunn's dog, the director of Guardians Volume 3, James Gunn's dog obsession repeatedly hindered production on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. See, I like him even more because of this story. Uh, his sci-fi adventure, Guardians Volume 3, takes place on a free-floating space station that was once the head of a an, uh, an, uh, giant space deity on on board the head called Nowhere. That's K-N-O-W-H-E-R-E-R. Where you're going. Nowhere. A wide variety of aliens and creatures live in a cramped complex apartments there, trying to reside as comfortably as possible. Nowhere is also the home to Guardians of the Galaxy, a loosely uh, associated group of aliens. You know, you've seen the movie. And one human who occasionally commits acts of heroism for hire. (laughs) In the first Guardians film, they came into the possession of Cosmo, a Soviet space dog that was salvaged by an unusual being called the Collector. Uh, who played the collectors? Benicio del Toro. In the first one, I don't know yeah. who played it after. But. Um, I think it was still him, uh, and he was in. And he was he played him in um, Avengers too when he was faking him out. <laughs> By the third Guardians, Cosmo could speak through a psychic collar. Cosmo was voiced by Maria Bakalova, is who the voice was supplied for, and float objects with her mind. Boy, if our dogs could do that, it would be a different house, wouldn't it? Different household. Cosmo's breed is never spoken aloud, but she kind of, if you look at her, she kind of looks like a Labrador or a Golden Retriever, sort of. Mm-hmm. Now, it's no secret, Alan and I love dogs, and it seems that dogs also get to director James Gunn as well, as he was moved to distraction on the set uh, by a dog that served as a stand-in for Cosmo and vice versa. The dog playing, quote, playing, unquote, Cosmo, was named Slate. And Slate was uh, perhaps a bit too uh, loving on the set, according to... <laughs> Recent movie web interview with Guardian Special Effects Supervisor Stephanie uh, Ceretti, Slate wanted to play with James Gunn when the camera started rolling. Of course, probably that was the only time. Oh, the ro- it's, it's, it's the most appropriate time to play? <laughs> Come on, let's do it. Dogs know when to do that. Now, to clarify, to clarify, Slate didn't appear on screen in Guardians. Cosmo was a special effect, as we know, realized through advanced CGI. In order to give the special effects artist... Some visual content, however, Slate did perform as a stand-in for Cosmo, giving reference to Cosmo's size, position, and lighting, and, and looks, and whatnot. It was just based on this dog. For t- uh, fur textures and movements were then recreated on computer. Remember back when they couldn't do fur on mm-hmm. CGI? Oh, fur and water, that, they were having a problem with? They, fought, they solved that a long time ago now. They did, but you and I can remember, well, number one, you and I can remember when there was no such thing. And then we remember how they were having problems. They could do things like ants and 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 uh, Bugs Life, you know, fake looking stuff that that looked very three D ish in its own world. Mm-hmm. But when they started doing realistic stuff, we're like, yeah, you know, I saw Jumanji with Richard, with Robin Williams, and the effects were uh, they it was CGI. You can tell, but they're 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 getting there. But now, when I saw that third uh, Chronicles of Narnia film, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. When they showed Aslan and his and his mane of hair, and she would mm-hmm. touch it, I'm like, oh, they got it down now. They can do it. Hair is done. It's unclear why the filmmakers didn't just hire Slate and skip the uh, middleman of CGI. But I, I'm not the director of a multi million dollar movie, and it, plus, it was a little easier to do CGI to make the dog do what you want. But hey, you know, back in the old days, they had to actually work and train a dog to do stuff on screen and on camera. But having Slate on the set was a distraction for Gunn, and Slate seemed to fall in love with the director. Um, Seretti, while describing her special effects process, shared the cute factoid that James loves dogs. So James would start playing with Slate, and then by the time we were rolling, Slate was like, oh, I'm gone. I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to play. So 
It's just it's just a funny story, and I think it's touching too. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that they had a live dog that they could yeah. map with the with visual effects. I mean, why not? You're going to animate it a lot better. Now, James Gunn, meanwhile, is a dog owner. On his Twitter account in 2022, Gunn announced that he adopted a dog that he named Ozu, uh, supposedly named after the masterful uh, J- Japanese film director Yasujiro Ozu. I think is how you say his name. Master of uh, maker of toys, Tokyo Story, and Floating Weeds. Those are two uh, Japanese movies that I'm not familiar with, but apparently James Gunn is a fan. He adopted Ozu from a pet shelter in Studio City, California, called Wagmore Pets, and he briefly wrote on Twitter a thread describing the process of selecting him and training him to live in a house. Ozu is a little wiry dog, and given Gunn's affection for Slate, probably well-loved at Gunn's home as well. It seemed that Gunn adopted Ozu while he was filming The Suicide Squad in Panama for tw- in 2021. Uh, it says Gunn sadly, sadly owns no raccoons, though. Oh, like, okay. I don't think you can in some areas of the world because nope. they're considered wild Georgia animals. Georgia is not one of those places where you're supposed to have one. Yeah, but that, but but when they're Every domestic, Every state around Georgia, you can. Oh, you can. Everybody I've known that has had one, wink, wink, that I've known, when they're domesticated and you raise them, they're the sweetest things I've ever seen in my life. And you're a little I'll familiar. Just, you're a little I'll just nod well. and go. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, and we know why you're nodding. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is streaming on Disney Plus right now, where you can see Cosmo in all her Soviet glory. BK on the air. You're a bad dog. Take that back. Come on, the Soviet. Hi there, time for Timer, your roving reporter. I'm talking to you from inside a fantastic factory, your digestive system. You know what we build here? You, not out of wood or metal, but out of food. You see, you are what you eat from your head down to your feet. Things like meat and eggs and fish, you need to build up muscle tissue. Uh Uh-oh. Hello, appetite control, more protein. We need energy. Playing tennis today, you know. Whoops. All these motors in your body need a lot of fuel to go on, like carbohydrates, fats and proteins, vitamins, and so on. What's left over forms the building blocks you need, indeed, to grow on. Yes, you are what you swallow, so that next time you feel hollow, don't just fill your face with any old kind of treat. This goes for every kid or six-foot athlete. All you really are is what you eat. Theodore, what are you doing? Well, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. And who's this? This is my friend Richard. He's doing nothing, too. Ah, just waiting for some Tostitos brand tortilla chips. You know, they're perfect for sharing with friends. But I gave you this bag yesterday. Who ate them? Richard? Me? He's got his mouth open an awful lot today, too. Boys, Tostitos are for sharing. Share America's best-tasting tortilla chips. You're a real neat guy. So are you, Beaver. now, back to a guy who thinks William Shatner deserves an Academy Award. It's BK on the air. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because we have a, uh, a Star Trek-like thing in the birthdays today, by the way. So we've got uh, On This Day in History coming up probably later on in the program. I say probably, definitely, usually. <laughs> if I either don't forget to do it or I get Generally. too distracted and something else happens. So we've always got that coming up. If things are on the up and up. And all things created equal. Yes. Oh, no. What's the matter? You've given me the first. I do. You have the first one, yeah. I don't know the first the what. You know, I hate it when I'm on the computer over here and the and the cursor starts to meld. I know it's moving, but my eye can't find it. I'm like, where's the cursor? Where'd it go? Where's the mouse cursor? 
Well, there it is, because it's time that we uh, flash the audience to the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And as I mentioned, I have the first news. Yep, we go to UPI. Residents have reported seeing colorful birds all over an English town after 72 lovebirds escaped from their owner's aviary. Drew Holdaway, age 64, said, The birds flew the coop, baby. Flew the coop from his Tadley Hampshire garden after he accidentally left an aviary door open while lovebird taking photos. Pose for me. Turn. Lovebirds. Mm. Taking photos of the lovebirds. He said each bird is worth between $50 and $60. It's not much for a little time with a lovebird. Holdaway said he put food out for the birds. The escape birds tried to get them to come back. <laughs> 28 came back, baby. But you know, if you love something, set it free. If it's yours, it comes back. If not, it was never meant to be. 44 still remain on the loose. He says, quote, Unfortunately, they have flown too far now and are unable to hear the calls from their mates. Residents have reported oh, seeing those colorful really? birds all over town. What does that say? Wait a minute. Is that all it takes? If you fly too far and you're unable to hear your mate, then you can't hear them anymore. Is that is that the answer I to some of our problems? I think that is why my wife suggests <laughs> that I have selective hearing loss. That's why you can't do your show like, on the day of your daughter's wedding. She's like, <laughs> you cannot be. I swear I told you, you were right next to me. Like, I don't remember hearing a thing. That's funny. Yeah, that fits right in. I got the next news. Again from UPI, a large section of New Jersey town was without power for several hours, and utility officers said the cause was a fish dropped by a bird of prey. Huh? A bird of prey? Well, I know a what that is, but I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> Jersey Central Power and Light said crews working to restore power during the weekend out- outage discovered a fish that had landed on a transformer, causing it to explode. A Sayreville Police Department Facebook post featured a sketch of the feathered suspect as well as a tongue-in-cheek memorial for the fish dubbed Gilligan by the department. Quote, please let us not forget the victim of this senseless death. Gilligan was a hard-working man. He was a father of thousands of children, the post said, unquote. The department said the suspect was last seen flying south. Yeah, it's headed our way now <laughs> to Georgia. Quote, if you see him, do not try to apprehend them. Although he isn't believed to be armed, he still may be dangerous. If you have any information in this case, please contact Detective John Silver, who handles all of our fish cases, the Post said. So, all of our fish There you cases. go. So fish dropped from a bird, hit a transformer, and caused it to explode. I wonder if when it exploded, did it go backwards and go... See, I can do it pretty good. That's not too bad. And I wasn't even a Transformers fan. Uh, UPI, let's go. I got the next news. <laughs> you do the better Transformers thing. You really do. No, I don't. All right, yeah, let's you go. Do. A museum in the Chicago suburbs broke a Guinness World Record with a display of 2,098 sock monkeys. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know there was such a thing uh, or uh, category. M- museum or a sock monkey? <laughs> no, category of oh, okay. sock monkeys. <laughs> I never heard of sock monkeys. Guinness World Records adjudicator Hannah Ortman and Chloe McCarthy visited the Sock Monkey Museum in Long Grove <laughs> and verified the collection included 2,098 different sock monkeys. Arlene and Michael Okun, the museum's owner, said they started collecting sock monkeys in 2006. Said, quote, we were traveling across the country in an RV had to have an RV in that. Of course, yeah. And we stopped at a Cracker Barrel, and I bought my first one. 
Yeah. The collection grew with trips to real estate or some estate sales, garage sales, antique stores. The museum was presented with a plaque verifying the record for the largest collection of sock monkeys. Would you like to see my sock monkey? All of them? Yes, I have many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them in stores too, not necessarily that call one, him but friend because he runs up your ear. <laughs> That's right. The next news. Do I have time? Yeah, I think I got time. Officials at a golf course in Victoria, Australia, said a sizable divot left in the green wasn't caused by a rude golfer, but rather a giant ball of ice that fell from the sky. Uh-oh. Dylan Knight, superintendent of the Belvere Golf Club, said he called. Uh, he was called to the fifth hole green around 7 a.m. Tuesday to report a huge chunk of ice littering the area. Knight said he initially suspected the uh, course's sprinklers had gone off overnight and frozen, but he arrived to find a giant ball of ice and apparently crashed down onto the ground and exploded into smaller pieces spread out as far as 160 feet. That was an impact. He said the impact left a sizable dent in the ground, indicating the ice ball had fallen probably considerable distance out of the sky. Where did it come from? The conclusion we've got is that it's fallen from an airplane, we guess, Knight, told the Australian Broadcasting Company. He said the ball left about a a dent eight inches deep. Man, now if that had hit somebody, Mm. that would have been the last hole of golf that they played. They'd be gone. Can you imagine? If I don't sink this putt, may a giant ball of ice hit me from the sky. I didn't know this. Did you know this? Ice balls that fall from airplanes are known as mega cryometeors. I didn't know they had a name. They actually have a name. Mega cryometeor. And have been known to impact the ground several times a year. Aviation expert Jeffrey Thomas said that de-icing technology used on commercial planes is meant to cause the ice to melt before it hits the ground. Well, there you go. We learn something new every day. Ben, I hope I'm walking around today and don't get hit by a mega cryometeor. What a way to go. That would be nice, but it would make a good story. How was your husband killed? It's a long story. It's a long <laughs> word. Yes. It's a long word for what for what he died of. Uh, and speak, speaking of that, MCM. did you know that I didn't, uh, when we flew to uh, uh, Los Angeles a few years ago for the Hollywood tour, I was on a plane and I was looking up things about planes. You know, when I fly, I like to, if I'm sitting, and they, and they go through this before every flight, you know, you get the safety thing, you get told, you know, you get somebody, who's <laughs> going to be the, who's going to manually open the door up here, who wants to sit here and do this if we can't get to it, and blah, 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 they go through the whole thing. Every time I'm on a plane, no matter what aisle I'm on, I'll count how many rows of seats I am from the door. That because either the front door or the back one or whichever one I'm closest to. Because mm-hmm. if I'm feeling my way in the dark with smoke, water, or whatever, I will know, okay, I'm going by. I know I'm four seats behind, and I take a right to, to get out the door. You That's know, why I do that in a plane. I mentally do that every time. It's I just do something that, that I do. Even in a movie theater, especially if I have to go to the bathroom, I'm like, know okay, how, to how get many out. rows up am I? Right. If when I want to come back, I don't want to be like, where, where, where is it? Honey, wave. Yeah. But at the same time, like, where, how to get back to my seat know, and where am I going? Know where you are. Have an out. There's something on a plane that I had no idea what it meant. Every time I was on the plane, and I found out later, if you'll look down the row of, a, of an airliner, you'll see a window with a, like a little, I think it's an orange or yellow triangle above it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I see that on all planes. I guess that must mean something. What does that mean? So just like a couple, three years ago that I looked that up to see what that meant. And do you and do you happen to know what it is? No. That's that's to let them know immediately where to go. That's the window that they're supposed to use to look out, to look at the wing, to see if there's any ice on the wing before they take off. 
that marks where it's the best window to see the entire wing. Oh. They don't have to just walk down and go, okay, which one do I need to check? They know exactly to go right where that marker is, and that's to observe the wing, I guess, for icing or any other problems to look at it. I guess it's for people before they, it's a pre-flight thing. And it's on each side, so there you go, a little airline uh, trivia for you that you either like or don't give a crap about. It's BK <laughs> on the air. Look, for the last time, that creature's out there, and the reason I'm telling you is He's starting to tamper with one of the engines. After these messages, we'll be right back. Cholesterol levels of many Americans are too high, but for a group of people in New Jersey, cholesterol went down. They joined in a total dietary program to reduce cholesterol. Less fats, lean meats, egg and cheese substitutes, and highly polyunsaturated foods, including promise margarine. Promise is highly polyunsaturated. The results? Their average cholesterol level went down, down significantly, and promise tastes like butter. Promise. Roaches are tough. We steal food. Fleas are tougher. We bite people. Steal food. Bite. The toughest thing about roaches and fleas is getting rid of them. Tougher. Toughest. But now there's Raid Roach and Flea Killer, specially formulated to kill roaches and fleas dead. Raid's tough stuff. Raid! Raid, Roach and Flea Killer, kills roaches and fleas dead. This is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear, okay? FM 100.3 and online on the TuneIn Radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. Hey, yeah, how about that? That's me. It's BK on the Air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. I'm back. I'm back. Here we go for uh, even more nostalgic keeping talk, your retro radio rocket man. Hey, somebody's on the somebody's on the phone right now calling in. Hey, it's BK on the Air. Hello, who's this? This is Mark. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I was listening to your tutorial about the little triangle over the windows. Yeah, is, uh, is that right? You were looking that up on the Internet. Did you see when they first originated that and started using that, put that in their practice? No, I did not go that far into it. I was just wondering why it was there. Is there a year or when it started? I'm just curious. I mean, do you remember seeing one above William Shatner's window on Twilight Zone? You know, I, I don't. It might have been after that, or they may have just forgotten it since it was a fictional television show. But I need to, yeah, we need to rewatch that and see if that little symbols above his above his uh, window there, because he was right in front of the wing where he could see the gremlin creature out there. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about that when you said that thing about being uh, direct. Uh, window over the wing. Yeah. Did you know that that usually, I think that when they hold the poll of everyone's favorite best Twilight Zone episode, that usually gets the number one vote? That one? Um, uh, I think my favorite was probably the one about, hmm. <laughs> no, I don't have a It's hard. Favorite, I guess. A lot of them uh, stand yeah. out, yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty interesting. 
interesting. I like. That yeah, one. that was that one was very well written. That was a great one. But uh, yeah, they now the one that they the one with William Shatner where he's on the plane and sees the creature. That was one of the ones they included in the Twilight Zone movie that came out in, mm-hmm. in the eighties. And uh, John Lithgow played the character on the on the jet seeing the creature, which was a lot more horrific looking than the one in the TV show. But it was still one of those and directed by George Miller that made uh, Mad Max directed that segment of the Twilight Zone. And it, to me, it was the best part of the film was that one. Uh, that Shady Acres. Well, that was a real good one too. That yeah. was great. Kick, that was well, the Spielberg called, Kick the one. Cans. What it was Kick called? Yeah, yeah. I loved that one because it had Scatman Crothers. And that was most every one of the every one of the segments on the Twilight Zone the movie were remakes of old episode, except the one with Vic Morrow playing the racist. The first one that was a, yeah. originally written and directed by John Landis for the film. Well. Unfortunately, well, or unfortunately, I just I just happened to think of that, and I thought I'd call and just talk to you. Well, you're you're going to give me something to do today, later, or tonight. I'm going to surf a little bit more on the internet and find out if that's the case uh, on Twilight Zone and rewatch that one and see if that see cool. if that little symbol's there. Yeah, see if they included it on the remake. Yeah, look at look at that too. Let's see how how realistic they were in their uh, in their research on getting it right. Thank <laughs> you, Mark. Right. I appreciate you being out there. You All know, right. the first one that jumps in my mind, I mean, that's one that obviously a lot of people know, but honestly, when you say, what's your favorite Twilight? Probably the Burgess Meredith one, where he's the the one who loves to read books, just loves. That one is pretty Loves kinda, to read books, doesn't one, really one care about anybody. Scary, He's down scary in that though. vault, doesn't realize something Armageddon goes off and he yep. comes up they're all gone but all the books are yep. left yep and then he breaks his glasses his, he's got only one pair oh one pair that as a kid I was like <laughs> as a kid yeah the, you were talking about the, the, the idea of the rug being pulled out oh, from under yeah. you I was like you didn't, what? what you didn't see that coming Did never with the Twilight Zone yeah. of course now you look back almost every Twilight episode had some twist something sure. that was the that was the hook of the show That's that was the whole premise but, oh, that one um, stuck with me Outer Limits was another show that I really loved which was the main I think for a while competition of the Twilight Zone but uh, the, the the difference was I don't think anyone can do it anymore it took talent to put and let let's say Twilight Zone was a was a thriller show in that way, but it was also dr- it was dr- a drama. It was it was never really a comedy. It had comedic overtones for some of the episodes, but to squeeze that storytelling in properly in thirty minutes, mm-hmm. not an hour. Outer Limits was an hour long. It was more of a sci-fi show with kind of a twist, not like a twist like the Twilight Zone, but it was kind of like that. But uh, but but there, what's the what's the last thirty-minute drama? show that you remember that wasn't a sitcom i mean we haven't had one i think for a long time now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna count the Mm-mm. simpsons and animated stuff that's a no, different no, class that's not even a sit that's not but a i'm talking about live action show a drama dragnet was a was 30 minutes were they only 30 yes 30 minute cop show which made sense and did not seem rushed as you watched it it was a 30 minute show which meant less than 30 with commercials obviously mm-hmm. even our shows back in the day i noticed when i would get um back in the 80s when i first bought star trek on video cassette and it had the uncut versions of the episodes they were 52 minutes long because and now and there's a lot more commercials now if you get a show now it's like 40 <laughs> Forty or something long without the commercials, but back then, you know, it was it was only, it was, hmm. it, was a drama, it was a drama. But I can't remember the last show on television that was a drama that was thirty minutes long, other than Dragnet, Twilight Zone, some of those early ones. But I can't, I, I can't, can't recall one. But he bra- he raises a good um, he raises a good question about what <laughs> is is the is the little symbol above the uh, the uh, the window in the William Shatner episode or the movie with John Lithgow of the Twilight Zone. We're gonna see. 
and find out. I don't know if I have time. For, I think I have time for this. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Uh, I, talked, I told you that they have named a new species of snake. This comes from USA Today. They've named a new species of snake after an actor that you and I are both familiar with and are big fans of. I'll give you a little hint. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. Yeah, Indiana Jones there for <laughs> Sala, noticing the well of the souls where they have to go down and searching for the ark. Well, here's the story, and it ends with something that I had no idea of either. Indiana Jones may have had a fear of snakes, but Harrison Ford does not particularly hate them. In fact, Ford said in his younger days he might have made friends with a new species named after him. Quote, the snake's got eyes you can drown in. He spends most of the day sunning himself by a pool of dirty water. We probably wouldn't have... We probably would have, would have been friends in the early 60s, Ford says, in a statement to the Conservation International. The new species named, now this is like these Latin terms, and I'm trying to, I could pronounce the second one, but not the first name. Harrison Ford I is what this new snake is. Dumbass. Hey, you You see if you can do better. You want to Harrison see if you Fordy? can do Well, you could, yeah, the second one's easy to, to say. Uh, it was named after the Landing actor. Cum laude, the radio's and it, was, and it was discovered in the Andes Mountains in Peru, according to a statement by Conservation International. Tyclomedes Harrison Fordy is the name of this, or Harrison Ford I, is the name of this snake. Details about the snake, its discovery, and its naming were published in the scientific journal Salamandra. It's the name of it. I'm not joking. Research from, researchers from Peru and the U.S. discovered the reptile, one male snake, in May of 2022, sun basking in a swamp uh, within the Otishi National Park area in Peru's Andes, they said. The newly named species is a type of slender snake measuring 16 inches long when fully grown. It is pale yellowish, yellowish brown and has black blotches scattered on its skin, a black belly, and a vertical streak over its copper-colored eye, allowing it to camouflage itself and its surroundings. It feeds on a diet of lizards and frogs. Now, why was the, na- why was the snake named after Ford? And then that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, because Harrison, because Indiana Jones hates snakes. Is that why? That's the first thing that came to mind. No, that's not it. Researchers said that they named the new species after Ford in recognition of his decades-long environmental advocacy through his role as the vice chair of Conservation International, and for raising his voice for nature there. He says, These scientists keep naming critters after me, but it's always the ones that terrify children, Ford said in a statement. I don't understand. I spend my time, uh, free time cross-stitching. I sing lullabies to my uh, basil plants so they don't, won't fear the night. <laughs> End quote. That's what he says. I never knew that about Harry. Huh. This is the, uh, here's what I didn't know, too. This is the third animal species to be named after Harrison Ford. Earlier, an ant known as the Fidole Harrison Fordi and a spider, Caliponia Harrison Fordi, were named after him. So go figure. Wow. The slender snake is his first reptile namesake. So I guess so there now you we go. have a new measuring stick for how we know we've made it. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a when big they name a new animal stick. after you. Well, the measuring stick will be as long as at least as the snake, which wasn't very long. But yeah, isn't that interesting? I that was interesting that I found that out. But I did you know that he had nope. two more? species of something no idea. named after him i honestly thought it was going to be like an alan rickman <laughs> tie-in with his role of severus snape being the head of slytherin well, that would have worked too wouldn't it that mm-hmm. would that could have that could have happened uh some people don't like snakes like indiana jones i mean i know indiana jones doesn't like snakes 
but uh, and and I don't blame people that don't that are fearful of snakes because you know they they they're snakes. They're, some of them are venomous, and they 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 don't look like your normal. They don't move like a normal species do. They sl- they move their body and slither. It's a, they're an alien like thing. They're so alien to humans. You know they're just so weird and, and put offish. Where but, are your legs, man? I know. Your it's like, legs. You don't have any legs. How can you move and how can you <laughs> climb a tree? <laughs> how can you do that? I still don't know how a snake can climb a tree straight up. I mean, it grips with its body only and turns. I I just I don't get it, but it does. But uh, I have some relatives. I won't tell you which ones that that abhor snakes. The only dead snakes that some of my relatives have ever met is a dead one. And they'll 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 tell me that, you know, especially, you know, my mom, bless her heart. <laughs> bless her heart. She'll come back in. She it was a few years ago she came back in from her backyard and she's carrying a, a, a she was digging with a hoe in the backyard and she's like, "I just killed a snake under the uh the deck." You know, she's walking around like I'm a warrior Look at and me. I need a medal and I, I, just I did, did a good job. Like, with well, the good hordes. job, mom. What do you know what kind it was? Now it was a snake. It's all I know, and it's and it's dead, and you know, and, and I and she, it's almost like she made the backyard safe from from snakes. I said, "Well, mom, good job, but you know what's funny is the border of your property there, where the woods, there's probably about another ten thousand of them out there just slithering around. That's not in the yard. You didn't you didn't save everybody because there's still more snakes out there. But she killed that one snake, and she thought it was great. So mm. I kind of, if it's not putting me in immediate danger or not in my home." like my better half found one day when I was here at the studio. She's somehow a rat snake got in our house. But even then, she ushered it out. She didn't kill it. She ushered it out the front door and said, hey, get on, go on out there to the creek. You'll love it out there. <laughs> go on. Go on. Go play. So, cause she says, the Because she down. says, I, I know it's not poisonous, but if that thing winds itself up inside our couch, I said, we're going to a motel, or I am. She said, I'm like, okay, don't let it up in the furniture. That would be bad. We can't get it out. So I just usually live and let live with the snakes and the animals and stuff like that. If I see one, I'm like, hey, he's got a part to play. He, yeah. he eats he eats rodents and bugs and stuff, and he does his thing. I'm not going to mess with him. Right. And he won't mess with me unless I, I prefer, step on him or something. I prefer them around. <laughs> yes, because they're natural, they're natural uh, they take, pest control. Like you said, they take care of the rodents. Speak on the air. Son of a man that killed Meg. If you move, I strike. And if you do not move, I strike. Oh, foolish people. Right. We'll return after these messages. Inside your carpet, there's a jungle. A jungle teeming with odors. Smoke odors, pet odors, musty, dusty odors. They make their home in your carpet and fill your room with their smells. That's why you love, love my carpet. The new Rog and Room deodorizer from the makers of Lysol products. Just sprinkle and vacuum. It gets rid of odors in the room by getting rid of odors in the rug. The whole room smells fresh. That's why you love, love my carpet. The smile on your face is there because you know that your mouth tastes great. And it's nice when their teeth are getting strong and the clean in your mouth is Colgate. Colgate is more than a brisk, clean taste. With regular brushing, Colgate's fluoride penetrates the surface of tooth enamel. Not this fast, but it gets in and fights cavities. There's a twinkle in your eye when there's fluoride for their teeth and the clean in your mouth is Colgate. Stand by to receive our transmission. 
Hey, look out, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Every Saturday we like to have fun from 10 till noon. I turn it all into a podcast after we're off. So go check and look for BK on the air. I've got a great YouTube channel, Spotify and SoundCloud. Just look for it out there. You can find it. It's all new. Take the commercials out, add stuff to it. It's all shiny and great and special effects and uh, dogs and cats living together, all that stuff. So Hey, you were talking, Alan's here with me, you were talking this week, we have a great, many awesome things here in Cartersville, but we have a, a Savoy Auto Museum, which is still relatively new to the area, you know, they were, uh, it's over there by the Walmart, over there on uh, Highway 20, Highway twenty, and something was going on this week, what, what were you talking about? It's been just recently forged by Fuller. Forged by Fuller, hold that, hold that thought, because someone wants to call in and talk about it, because you were talking about it on Bartos Morning News this week. Hey, it's BK on there, hello, you're on the air. Hey, yeah, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Holly. Hey, Steve. Uh, hey, buddy. I just happened, yeah, man, I just happened to stop by yesterday at 10 o'clock, and lo and behold, Brian Fuller was there. Yeah, he and, said he wow. was going to be popping in and out just to kind of show his face around the exhibit. You got lucky. He was incredible. I got there right as it started, and he spent an entire hour talking about each individual car and motorcycle. Wow. It's it is a super cool exhibit. BK, you'd love it. It's all fabricated ex- uh vehicles and motorcycles. Wow. That sounds really cool. One of them, I swear to God, is a real ac- live action light cycle from Tron. It looks oh, just really? like you were looks playing like a, on the Looks like a Tron light cycle. I'm like how, I, 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 this looks like you would kill you without even riding on it yet. Oh yeah, I always got killed playing Tron. That was the segment that killed me on the video game was the was the light cycle part. That's great. I want I need to get over there and see that. You know, uh, Steve, we know what we're trying to get them to do over there. We've, we suggested it a couple of times. I know they're showing cars in their own coll- collection, but I think don't they Alan, do they have ever do they ever have uh moving uh, exhibit shows that come through and display their cars and then take them somewhere else? Almost all of the exhibits are on loan from someplace else. Wouldn't it be great if we could get them to do a movie and TV theme one, like to bring I the Batmobile, the 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 um, the one from Back to the Future, the, 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 the DeLorean. DeLorean the, if you're going to do it, do it in style. The Starsky and Hutch cop car, the, the Munsters HG mobile. <laughs> Any of that, yeah. That would be a great thing. You agree, Steve? Yes, I agree 100%. They're all, they're all cars. I also think if you live in Bartow County, the only way to go is an annual membership. Oh, and to any museum that, or the uh, the Telus, or the uh, the Bartow History Museum, you know, they or the do booth? have a they have a like a mega pass. You can get a museum pass that gets qualifies for all of them. Wow, and yeah, the combo pack. Everyone up here is very fortunate to have that many type of uh, everything in Cartersville. We have all those museums. You have two different uh, theaters here that put on live plays and musical acts and stuff. And you've got so much going on here. And this, and people still call it a little town of Cartersville, which it's a city. I would I would classify it as a city. But there's a lot going on here that people live here that don't even know about. Yeah, and a lot of that came from one man. That is a true statement. Steve, I need to come over there sometime and grab grab a bite at your place. Do a free plug. You are in a couple of different cities, but I think you're most found in Kennesaw. Correct, yeah. And what's the name of your restaurant? Provino's Italian well, Restaurant. Well, that's down near my neck of the Provino's? woods. Provino's? <laughs> Go on yeah. by, folks. You want some sure. good Italian? Now, you have to leave Bartow, which is the only downside, but good food. I want a little lasagna. I love lasagna. lasagna. Do you need lasagna yeah, I do, over man. There? It's great. <laughs> Come, come come, talk to me. Hey, y'all take care. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Thanks for checking in, Steve. Talk to you later. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm always up He's for a good Italian. friend and great listener. You know what? Food, when it comes to food, Italian, Mexican, those are the two that usually top my, you know, out of the 
United States not like common Irish? food. You don't like like boiled cabbage and beef. Uh, but you know what? I do. <laughs> actually, I, I do. actually do like boiled cabbage and beef. But it's not usually on my top. It's, it is not your go-to. Ten? No, it's not. But uh, hey, you know what it's time I, for? Oh. Let's do a little on this day in history in the time that sure. we've got left here. Why Today not? is August the night. It's already August the nineteenth, and I say that all the time now, being an older guy that I am. I'm thinking, oh, and something else. Talk about getting older. What I learned this morning listening to your show is I learned that you're just a scant, very few years away from being considered a senior at the farmers market. At the farmers market, which is why I don't go. <laughs> Well, I won't go one. now. Are you going to wait till your the senior fifty five kicks in? I cannot go anywhere and take a senior discount at the age of fifty five, and I'm not even close well, to fifty five. You can at the farmers market when you turn to double. Uh, you nick- know what? You're double nickels. You you keep your discount. You keep your judgment. You keep your ageism. <laughs> you keep all that to yourself. You're going to go kicking and screaming into old. I don't age, even aren't know you? that I'll accept it at sixty five, which is where it's supposed to be. When did it well, turn into fifty five? I just sincerely hope that we're still here to do whatever we want to do at that point. So yeah, <sighs> you just. Re- I feel like you turned me. Like I'm the Mike Garcia. You just did this to me. Yeah. You got me angry. Yeah. Why did I do? Turn me and Eric. What? 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 I do that to Alan for? Alan didn't do nothing to me. What I do that for? It made you feel bad. I hate you. Today is August the nineteenth. Night. Here's you want to. We talked about Saturday morning cartoons. Today is the day it started. August the nineteenth in nineteen fifty. The ABC network begins Saturday morning kids shows, and the two shows they started. I've never heard of them. Was Animal Clinic and Acrobat Ranch. That's the two Saturday shows that kicked off this whole Saturday morning thing Never back heard in of it. 1950. I'm and sure like everyone else, has. some other executive at the other studio goes, "Look, see what they're doing. We got, we got to get that on." And then NBC, which was always third, <laughs> said, "Oh, we better do what the other two were doing back in the day." Today in 1960, the Soviet Sputnik. Sputnik Five carries, and we were talking about Cosmo earlier from Guardians Volume Three. Sputnik Five carried into space two dogs, two rats, forty mice, one rabbit. And fruit flies into space. First animals to return alive from orbit. Mm. 1960. Now, hey, if the dogs had accidentally opened the airlock and let the fruit flies out, I don't think anybody would have cared. <laughs> you don't have to. Those don't have to survive. It'd be nice if they do. We don't really care. Uh, but, yeah, 1979. Let's go all the way up to 1979. What do you think was number one? On the charts, Alan. This is right before the 80s hit. It's and this may, this may have carried over into into the into nineteen eighty. Actually maybe? we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that this show that this was released in nineteen seventy nine, but we think it's included on nineteen eighty hits, but it was released in seventy nine. It was number one, stayed number one for six weeks in nineteen seventy nine. Think back. Nineteen seventy nine. That's when the black hole and Star Trek the Motion Picture that's right. when they were released. You remember nineteen seventy nine. Was it a what was, was it going a Fleetwood on? Mac song? No, maybe? not a Fleetwood Mac. This was a kind of a one hit wonder, believe it or not. Oh. The one hit was wonder. It, it wasn't the Buggles. It was wasn't it? the Buggles. No. Video killed Video the radio kill, star. Which it didn't. <laughs> Give me a hint. Got two names. It's a two net two two name title. I'm probably not going to get it, but I bet I know it. It's a girl's name. It's a possessive name of a girl's name. A possessive name. Yeah, it's kind of a. It's saying that he's somebody's his. Oh, my, my Sharona. My Sharona. Ah, the knack. The knack. Yep. Number I'm one my, my on this Sharona. day, and on this day in history, August nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. Mattel and Fisher Price toy companies merge 
1993 to make a giant toy juggernaut. Juggernaut, juggernaut. Is that juggernaut, when Matchbox juggernaut. and Hot Wheels became one? I don't know. We need to look that up. I think they were both owned by two different guys. Right. Maybe they were owned by the same people and just had two different names of cars. But we may have to do a little. we got a couple of research things done. You check that out. I don't we'll like have, homework. I'm out of school. We'll, we'll have the birthdays when we come back. They're the fastest metal cars you've ever seen. Mattel's new Hot Wheels. Collect them by themselves or get them in wild new action sets like the Drag Race action set, the Stunt action set, the Hot Curves race action set. Get Mattel's new Hot Wheels, the fastest metal cars you've ever seen. You are about to witness the most amazing man-made jewelry ever created. The original multicolor mood ring. This is the ring that senses your deepest feelings. Scientifically developed, the incredible chromostone senses thermal changes deep within your body, reflects all your mood changes in a fascinating kaleidoscope of color, responding to your deepest secrets, your most hidden emotions. The beautifully crafted multicolor mood ring reveals your subconscious feelings in a myriad of breathtaking color from black to brown, yellow, green, to the most desired shade of violet blue. Discover the mysterious powers of the multicolor mood ring in elegant gold or silver tone settings. Dare to wear the original multicolor mood ring with a fascinating chroma stone. Only $5 while supplies last. Yeah, we're doing on this day in history, but I got a big story coming up later on that was a, a big, a kind of a big story this week. There was an anniversary that came along about uh, the compact disc coming out for the first time. We'll go, uh, I'll apologize to you in advance. This is going to make you feel old too when I do this. When the CD came out for the first time, you know, what surrounded it, what the details the were. I already feel bad because it's not even used anymore. Like it's all we've lived through the invention. You'll see what I mean. Through the expiration there's, of. There's even a hint of that too. Yeah, when I come back. So, dude, I hate you. Well, <laughs> I don't hate you. I know. Well, I feel the same with you listening to your show. <laughs> I don't. Hate you. I don't hate you for different reasons. You know, I'm like I'm hating oh, the messengers. I should be hating the message. Yeah, don't don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> it's the sometimes message. The, sometimes the messenger always gets shot, and that's really that's really a that Ooh, was unfair. God, this was, Kill him. No, I'm just the messenger. Well, dear, dear, it's the, not... king, the king sent me, sir. I want to talk to you from the... I have a message from the uh, the other king. <laughs> to there your, are some tennis balls your... for you. <laughs> the Dauphin. The Dauphin, the Dauphin has Dauphin. sent you some balls. Um, do you know today... Uh, I, let's do the national days and we'll get to the birthdays. National Potato Day today. There's another I... vegetable that has so many uses. You can do so many things. With I know potatoes. you're supposed to limit your starch, but I could get rid of a lot of things. It's really hard to get rid of the potato. I I've been doing without potatoes for a little while now, and you see, hence you see that I'm almost thirty see, pounds look, lighter. Look, it, it's working. I gotta tell you though, I just that's why I don't do any of the sweets. No sugars, no candy, no nothing. <laughs> yeah. If I can, if I can oh, have yeah. my baked potato. I'm, I'll give up everything. At else. least you might feel more full than eat, than drinking some kind of Starbucks thousand calorie I thing. You I know, don't it's understand like, that. How how can you do? It? And people that are skinny as a rail and have the metabolism of a of a cheetah, they can do that with no problem. But you know what? That's not going to last forever. You get on up there in age, something called your metabolism starts to change for some people, and it goes oh slow down. You don't move as much. You don't need to eat as much. So we're going to slow the system down here. 
a little bit. Today is another one. Here's a here's a day that you and I wish would go away forever and we never celebrate it again. Today is International Homeless Animals Day. If we could get rid of a day, that would be the one to. I'd love to be able to say we don't have to do that. We anymore. no longer have this as we a problem. We don't have to do we that. We have solved this as an uh, issue. So you and I are the biggest. Uh, we love dogs. Let's just say probably dogs and canines are our favorite animal. But we love animals. We love These animals. Cute in animals. General, yes. You were hit pretty hard with Guardians Volume Three when you watched it, just like I was, because it had uh-huh. a big animal abuse type thing. So she yeah. goes, "You know those aren't real." I'm like, "It's real to me." Uh, and today, oh, it's another day today. Did you know that today is World Honeybee Day? A trio with a really, really big future. The girls with the, with the new sound, and here they are, the honeybees. You need us. You need us. Like a clan needs a shell. Like a prisoner needs a cell, like a ding-dong needs a bell. You need us. You need me. You need me. National Honey Bee Day. Like a picture needs a star. Like a Consists of Mrs. Howell, Ginger, and Marianne. I never realized how much Mrs. Howell sounds like Angela Lansbury. They kind of do sound alike. Using that same, that that kind of, that's that style of the diction of of, of, of aristocrat. Right, the the aristocrat. Rolling the the, the tongue sometimes. What was it, Natalie? What was her name? Natalie Schaefer. Natalie Schaefer? Yeah. Yes, I I bet they probably came from that same school of acting and performance. Probably a lot of stage. And it's funny you should bring that up. Natalie Schaefer went. I think it was after Gilligan's Island to you know audition for roles in things in the seventies because a lot of them got typecast and and she was acting before Gilligan's Island in the four, oh I guarantee thirties forties and fifties. Well, she would go and there would be this young she she tells the story you know I would go in there was these young casting guys at the desk when I would go into the movie studios after that to to audition. She, he goes so um what have you done? And she goes uh you first. And she'd get up and walk out if they said that. She's like, you don't know what I've done? My catalog, you know, I've supplied mm-hmm. you and you, you haven't done any research. She goes, if a little young punk said that me in a casting office for something that I was auditioning for or, or checking on, I just left. <laughs> I didn't need that. And in a way, she's probably right, if you think about it. Birthdays today. Check out the first birthday, which has a great tie-in. We talked about our museums earlier. Is a great tie-in to the TELUS Science Museum. Today is Orville Wright's birthday today. 
American aviator with the Wright brothers. He was born in Dayton, Ohio. I I didn't know that he he lived till 1948. He died in 1948, which means he saw like these four or five hundred mile an hour World War II planes. I guess at some point, and right. I, I have no idea what he thought about that. He's like, wow, look what we've got now. I mean, what would he think today of what mm-hmm. we've got today? But even seeing from where he went, uh, from from Kitty Hawk what happened at Kitty Hawk to all the way up to World War II cuz let's let's just say the aircraft that we have had during World War II in the late 40s too were were way beyond what they had biplanes and the earlier air, earlier aircraft wouldn't you say so yeah i was i wanted and, to look something up do you know i think he must have just missed it uh what did he miss what was it i was it? looking for he died when, in 1948 yeah i think there was a jet engine that was being pioneered, but I think the first well, they jet... had a jet. They had a jet in the early forties in World War II. The Germans did had a jet fighter that wasn't very practical because it didn't fly very long. So he did it was see 1939, the jets. Nineteen thirty nine, but I think Bell, Bell Aircraft in World War II made jets for the U.S. And I, I think the I was, I was reading so nineteen thirty nine. You, you're right. The yeah, jet, and the first Germans did jet it, yeah. powered plane of World War Two. Yeah. So he technically saw from the very first. Pedal power, a little or a little engine aircraft that they that could built. go a couple hundred feet. Yeah, to the, to the biplanes of World War One of, of a of a jet engine and and those incredible flying machines that we had in wow. war and the bombers and the big planes and it's everything. It's amazing. It is amazing. Even to this day, when I look up and I'm near Dobbins Air Force Base or just anywhere in that general area, and I see the C five Galaxy flying over, it just makes this really high pitched whine. So big, and you look at it, and it's so massive. And when it's up there. For some reason, just for a little bit, it looks like it's just hanging there and not moving. I it's mean, you, it'll, so it'll eventually move, but it's like weird. And it's I so remember huge. when the C5B Galaxy class were landing at Dobbins, and it's right by I-75. Right. And for folks who have never driven through Atlanta in that area through Cobb County, people would stop because it looks oh, yeah. like it's going to just come land on the interstate. There was another birthday today as well of a pioneer. Right. Today is the birthday of the great bird of the galaxy, Gene Roddenberry. He died in 1991. Not too many weeks, I understand, or, or days or weeks or something like that. He did get to see uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, in the theater in a special preview just for him. The last movie, technically, of all the classic of crew the together. Classic crew, yeah. So he did get to see it. But the creator of Star Trek, and he had he delved into a lot of other things as well. I think he used to be a cop in Los Angeles back in the day. Was one of is his early jobs. that why he did T.J. Hooker? He didn't do T.J. Hooker. You sure? I think Kirk's no. playing that. Well, Gene Roddenberry didn't do it. G- yeah, it was. But it Gene was, Roddenberry did have a show was, in the was, 60s called The Lieutenant, though. It was James Tiberius Hooker Kirk. <laughs> That's why it was T.J. It was Tiberius James <laughs> he Hooker Kirk. had nothing to do with T.J. It was, it was, it was invented by Gene Roddenberry. In fact, he probably didn't like T.J. Hooker. Gene Roddenberry was like, you know, really, much. it's just Kirk in space on a wagon train. He might have said that, yeah. We have several he was getting Star- older by then, we by the way. We have several Star Trek tie-ins. Today is Diana Moldar's birthday, American actress. She played in McLeod. She was in Star Trek The Next Generation. She was the doctor that replaced Dr. Crusher when she left, and then Dr. Crusher came back and replaced her. She was also in the original series, two episodes of the original series of Star Trek. Trek. And she was in L.A. Law as well. Did you watch L.A. Law? Do you no. remember the female? That she had a. She died in L.A. Law. Okay. She she wasn't watching what she was doing. She was talking to a, a, a lawyer in the hallway of a building, and they're right by an elevator. And she made her point, and the elevator doors opened up, and she walked in the elevator, and it wasn't there, and she fell down the shaft and died. That's how they got rid of her on L.A. Law. That was actually, and the scene is on YouTube. 
She must be a problematic actress. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Today You're is right. Jill, today is Jill St. John's birthday. Actress, Diamonds Are Forever. She was a Bond girl in Diamonds Are Forever. Today is John Deacon's birthday. British uh, rock bassist. That's he's Queen's bassist. He plays bassist with Queen. If you ever listen to another one bites the dust. Listen to John Deacon, and you're like, wow, he's probably he's one of the best bass players that I've ever heard. Because the, the, another one by Dust is a bass player uh, compliment song. I mean, if you're a bass player, you look forward to playing a song like that because you are you open the song mm-hmm. with the bass. Um, today is Jonathan Frake's birthday, number one, William another T. Riker. Another Star Trek tie-in. And it's also will be William T. Riker's birthday on Star Trek The Next Generation. In 2335, on this day, he will be born. <laughs> I guess Jonathan made this birthday his, his. his. birthday. He certainly did, and I thought that was interesting. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Speaking of Jonathan Frakes, he was on, the uh, first thing I saw him on was the Waltons back in the day. He played a, a young uh, a young guy that, do uh, you remember the old ladies that were the bootleggers, the, the, the ladies that were making the moonshine in the Waltons? bare recollections of that show. One of them was really hung up on a guy named Ashley back in the day and pined for him and longed for him and says, he's going to come back. Ashley's coming back. Well, Ashley was never going to come back. Well, Jonathan Frake showed up on an episode that he was Ashley's grandson, but he supposedly looked just like him, so she thought it was him coming back to her. She was a little, you know, she didn't explain the age, age difference, you know. So she added a little bit too much of the recipe that they would that they would manufacture in the basement. Too I guess it's so, what they called it on there. Is the recipes the Walton speaking on there? This is Leonard Nimoy. Stay tuned for exciting scenes from our next Star Trek. McDonald's Star Log. These are the vehicles of McDonald's Star Trek meal. Their mission to let your child boldly go where no child has gone before. Five exciting boxes covered with action scenes, games, jokes, all based on Star Trek, the motion picture. Inside, a regular hamburger, fries, soft drink, a McDonaldland cookie sampler, and a Star Trek prize. McDonald's Star Trek Meals. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon Saturdays. The Philips-created compact disc system is here. The revolution in sound, invented by Philips. Featuring full programming and digital display. Each player attaches to any home stereo system to give you pure, perfect sound forever. Either that or at least until they're out of, uh, they don't, they're not useful anymore. They're not Maybe not anymore. forever. That was a bad promise. That was bad. They shouldn't have promised forever. Why did I play that? Because from Sidney Borchers at Fox News, first CD to be commercially produced was 41 years ago this week, celebrated its anniversary this past That's week. That's bananas. It's been 41 years since the very first compact disc, CD as they call them, the CD. was produced in the world, paving the way for the future of commercialized music. In Germany, a factory run by Royal Philips Electronics pressed the first commercialized CD on August 17, 1982. This is according to Time.com and a lot of other places. Royal Philips Electronics manufactured the earliest CDs from Swedish pop group ABBA, whose album The Visitors was pressed into the format. The same source reported that as well. Now, a lot of the other people go, no, I heard it was uh, Billy Joel or I heard it something was else. I, they're talking about the very first one pressed for commercial sales was an ABBA 
uh, CD, yep. according to all the places that I could look up. It wasn't until 1987 when the CDs began to surpass vinyl as the preferred method of listening to music, Billboard.com reported. The CD, compact disc, peaked in the 2000s when there was reportedly a major decrease in sales leading up to 2007, nearing the beginning of digital downloads and streaming platforms where we are today. Quote, having been hit by the rise of file sharing and MP3 players in the early 2000s, CD sales nearly halved between 2000 and 2007, which is when smartphones and the first music streaming services emerged to put the final nail in the compact disc's little round coffin. (laughs) Uh, Data gathering and statistical reporting organizations have reported. While CDs have become a thing of the past, modern listeners appear to have gone further back in time as vinyl have be, has become a trending source of music over the past few years. I haven't gone back to vinyl. It's funny how all the cool things that we use that come back, I never I never go back to it because we are always like we've done our time with that before. Right. <laughs> I don't want to have to go. I don't want to wear bell bottom jeans again and and big giant seventies you know, looking clothes. I don't want to wear those anymore. Quote, obviously CD sales have dipped as CDs become outmoded by streaming services and there's fewer cars that can actually play CDs. Ain't that the truth? I think the one I've got right now is the last model of that SUV that I've got that makes a player that's, that it's in there. I don't think any of them has them much anymore. So, uh, yeah, it goes on to say uh, vinyls featuring tunes from contemporary artists like Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, and Harry Styles are currently available for purchase at retail stores such as Target and Amazon. And I also think that uh, vinyl comes out at our local record shops like uh, Rock and Shop here. A lot of uh, local, local record stores, independent record stores and vinyl stores, uh, uh, nostalgic stores, they get those new albums by Taylor Swift, and they're usually pretty big sellers. Just ask Eddie Bruce down there. Watching those born in the middle to late 2000s, that's Gen Zers, attempt to use CDs has apparently become as comical to social media users as some who are a part of the younger generation do not know how a CD operates or even functions. We we, <laughs> we, we laughed at some of the videos of the kids that didn't know, not, didn't know what to do with a cassette tape cassette and a Walkman. Viewers were quick to comment on the viral video that, up, that was up there saying, Welp, I'm officially old, one user wrote. One said, I'm 19. How is this happening already? And a, a new, another viewer asked in the comments. And another, another person joked to the person trying to use the CD. They're like, hey, give her a cassette tape and watch her. <laughs> the hashtag... CD Collector has 85 million views on the video sharing pro, uh, pr- platform right now. Since history sometimes repeats itself, it could, argu- it could arguably take another 41 years for CDs to become the trending music source. But, hey, yeah, only time will tell when things come back into fashion. So there's a little bit of more stuff to make you feel a little old as Alan sits over there and smacks his lips and goes, Yeah, yeah, CDs. Did you know that I didn't have a CD player? I didn't even have a. I bought a CD before I had the player because I knew I was going to get one in a couple of weeks. I'm like, what CD do I want to get? And back uh, back when I was married to my wife at the time, we decided on getting one that we, was from a group that we both could agree on. It was a, uh, <laughs> it was one of the uh, Mike and the Mechanics albums or something, whatever the Living Years was on that Living Years song, because mm-hmm. that's Mike Rutherford, the guy from Genesis, mm-hmm. made his own group. So we bought the Mike and the Mechanics album. I think that's that was the, whatever that album was. Maybe the debut album. I don't know. And then about two weeks later, we bought a CD player. And I'm like, oh, I've got a CD player now. It was 1988 before I even had one, a CD player. And I, you know, I said, oh, this sounds great. And I had the headphones on, very 
clear digital sound, much much better than the record. You know, the popping and the hiss of the of the record and stuff. But uh, when that first when that technology, what was it? Do you remember the first uh, CD you ever bought? It was a big deal. This to is your crazy. First I, know, disc. I know. I've got two parts of that story. I remember the first one that the family bought. We moved down here. So you got to have the one that everyone can listen to. And my mom first. was like, "We're going to go get a stereo system for our family room." Right. And I remember we were at the store, and she was convinced to buy one with the first ever built-in CD player. Ooh, it good. had a cassette. Yeah. It had a turntable and a you CD. You could play anything. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is kind of expensive." And like, it was, as she's ringing it up, the guy's like, "Do you want to buy a CD at the same time?" So you can have you something got to a listen CD to. Player, and it was right at Christmas time, and so the very first ever compilation, a very special or very merry Christmas, you know, with all the stars yeah. singing Christmas songs. That was our very first family CD. Oh, okay. And you guys, my first it. CD. I'll never forget this. It came out. It was the brand new Iron Maiden album, Seventh Son of a Seventh Why Son. Why doesn't that surprise me? I go down. I'm on my break. I'm working at the mall. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Buddy comes with me, and he goes, you're buying a CD? I'm like, yeah. But have you even heard it yet? I'm like, no. He goes, it's twice as much as the cassette. I'm like, yeah, but it sounds it's so much better. It's a compact disc, though. And I bought the yeah. CD. Yeah. That, so that was my very first one that I bought, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Some some people were complaining though. I remember back in the day, I would hear the complaint that yeah, where where the CDs had the clarity that you could hear a lot of the highs and stuff. CDs, I think at first couldn't deliver a lot of bass in the sound. A lot of people well, were comparing them to the bass sound you could get out of vinyl, and the bass, the thump, and mm-hmm. the and the big monster heavy sounding bass sounds uh, were much more prevalent in vinyl and, and high-end record albums. Than, well, the, rea- the reality CD is was. what would happen is when a lot of these albums that were being put on CD were coming from analog systems. And they and weren't so transferring them they properly, They weren't right? tuned for the for the range because you they get a re- much wider range them. on the digital side. Yeah. And so remember when you had the little letters on the disc where it'd be like AAD yep. and then it'd be ADD and then finally you'd have triple D? That was one was how was it recorded, analog or digital? How was it transferred, analog right. or digital? And then the final D is the system, the disc itself. Yeah. So many of those older ones where they didn't sound right was because it was an analog delivery to an analog system before yep. it got and to digital. It was digital. like a simple transfer. Right? And they were like, doesn't sound right anymore because the vinyl would cover some of those problems. And today, ADD means something totally different. Well, AD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. It, it's us. It's, it's, it's us. us. But, so, yeah. Uh, I will tell you, I do remember that sometimes people realize, like, oh, there were flaws in the original recording. There were, there you could were hear yeah. yeah. The, the, and, it, and, and there were limits. Right. Now, the, their, uh, the way they on transfer On the flip them. side, there, I've always heard people say this, like, because there's a needle across the, an actual surface, yeah. there was something that gave just a little more warmth to the sound. There was, and it really was. For a while, there really well done Digital records sounded almost sounded like, better. it's almost like it's, it's so precise, it doesn't sound... It sounds it's, like it's cold. Almost. Uh, you'll like it's get not, you'll get this you'll, you'll get this when I say it, and some people will. It sounded CDs sounded a little. They were they sounded really good, but they're a little tinny. They, there was something about them that sounded almost manufactured. Too crisp. Yeah, it was like they needed more something. Right. It's almost push. like they had to. They almost had. You remember how your first digital TVs, HD TVs? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're like, wait a minute, it doesn't kind of look right, and you yeah. almost had to add blur back to it right. to make it look more cinematic. Because you were looking at something that wasn't maybe filmed that way on Correct. a TV that way. The same thing happened to me when they first came out with with uh, DVDs. DVDs were new. That they got well, some the companies were, were transferring them right from to DVD, and I'm like. I said, why I does said, it look like it's got tape? I said, hits. wait a minute. This DVD, I said, the laser disc that I have looks better than this DVD. They must have transferred it differently. So DVDs 
didn't look some of them didn't look that great well, twister forget, twister was the one that the that stood first out dvds me. didn't have as much data that you could put like the the compact disc was much showed. bigger yeah so they showed. had to sacrifice compression now it's like you got blu-ray you got yeah. hd blu-ray now now you got star trek the motion picture in 4k 4k the way we should have seen it and superman the superman 4K. films given the 4k treatment speak down there we're in 4k sort of I've never seen 10,000 tapes in one store. There's so much kid stuff. And I can keep them for three evenings. Now this is a video store. Ordinary video stores don't even come close to Blockbuster Video. You've just got to see it to know what we mean. Wow. 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 What a difference. Blockbuster Video. Come discover the Blockbuster difference. RCA Video Disc. First, we opened your eyes to great entertainment. Now, we're going to open your ears to stereo sound. Introducing RCA's Stereo Video Disc Player, letting you enjoy great stereo entertainment and movies on your TV tonight. Basic players start at $2.99, stereo higher. RCA's Stereo Video Disc. It'll open your eyes and your ears. We'll open your eyes, RCA. While I whip this out. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Find us online at WBHFradio.org. I have a story here from Screen Crush. ScreenCrush.com. And it's not the only place that this story is that you can find out what this is. Did you know that there's a big monster coming to the small screen? There's your hint right there. Now, you know exactly who that is. A big monster is coming to the small screen. Apple unveils first look and official title of the Godzilla TV series that's going to be streaming on Apple. The previously announced Godzilla TV series coming to Apple TV Plus is almost here. They revealed this week the first images of the official title of the show, which has been in development for several years. The series is called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Named after the organization that studies and sometimes combats the uh, giant creatures in the MonsterVerse, of these, as they call it. Established in the recent films, such as the first film that started um, Godzilla, then Godzilla King of the Monsters, then we went on to uh, Kong Skull Island, which went into the past. It was a prequel. And then uh, the later one, Godzilla vs. Kong, was the last one that came out. The show spins out of the events of those movies and takes place both before and after them. And with father and son actors in it, Kurt and Wyatt Russell are going to be starring in this series. Now, that alone, <laughs> right there. I mean, you when I heard it was Kurt Russell. You and I are big fans of Kurt Russell and uh, his son, Wyatt. The most recent thing I saw him in was he played U.S. agent in the Captain America uh, and the Falcon uh, TV series. That was him playing the U.S. agent, the, the Captain America gone wrong, the psychotic one. Hmm. That was him. Did you know that was him? I had no idea. That was him. And I hadn't even seen him in anything before. And if you look at Wyatt Russell, he's not an, he's not that nice of looking a guy, but you can tell the way he smiles. He's kind of odd looking, but you can tell he looks like <laughs> Kurt Russell. He looks like Kurt Russell's younger, uh, unattractive son. 
which is who he is. So, But you could tell that he's Kurt Russell's son, though. Uh, and they're going to be playing the same character at different ages, so he's actually playing the younger Kurt Russell in the TV series. They cast both of them. So I, that right there makes me intrigued to want to watch it, which I think would be cool. Well, and I don't know what they're doing for the scaling, but if the images they released are correct, I was like, okay, they've got him back down to a more manageable size. See, I haven't seen it. I thought he would, would, would remain the same, or maybe it's set a little few years before he got so big. I don't I just, know what they It got to do. the point where it became so ridiculous. Uh, well, you know why they did that? They did that because you can't have a Godzilla from the old days that was shorter than the buildings. I mean, buildings got bigger, but Godzilla didn't. So right. the, everything's so big now. They had to make him. They had, that to beef him. They, show you where they had to beef him up. Godzilla's gotten to the point where right, he has to be more of a threat, I guess. But now here's the show's official synopsis from them: Following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that leveled San Francisco, and the shocking revelation that monsters are real, Monarch Legacy of Monsters tracks two siblings following in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secretive organization known as Monarch. Clues led them into the world of monsters and ultimately down the rabbit hole to Army Officer Lee Shaw, played by Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell, taking place in the 1950s and half a century later when Monarch is threatened by what Shaw knows. The dramatic saga spanning three generations reveals buried secrets and the ways that epic earth-shattering events can reverberate throughout our lives. There's the actual synopsis of the show. To me, that sounds very interesting. I like I already like the premise. Let's see well, how did, it's executed. So, did you see the pictures that they released? The little screen grabs? No, I haven't even looked at it. I yet. thought at first it was a tr- a Jurassic Park tie-in because it looked much more the scale of the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Yeah, but I thought the I thought the face of Godzilla kind of looks like the one that's that been in the movies lately. Doesn't he it, still look somewhere? Ch- I need to look at it. it looks look, I'll more check it out. T-re- it looks because it's supposed to tie into everything that's already happened in these films or whatever. Monarch Legacy of Monsters does not yet have an official premiere date on Apple. TV Plus. The series consists of 10 episodes. Meanwhile, next the next the next film sequel that they're working on, Godzilla versus um, uh, to uh, the sequel to Godzilla versus Kong is called Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire or G- Godzilla and Kong: New Empire, I guess is what that means. Is scheduled to open in theaters on March the 15th, 2024, but who knows with the um, with the strike that's going on and everything. And man, I got some bad news. Talk about talk about um, things being delayed. I know you haven't seen it yet, but Stacy and I watch, um, Mrs. BK and I watch, we're watching Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone on, I think is it's, that uh, any, yeah, I think, I think it it's okay. on, uh, is it on HBO Max or is it on Amazon Prime? It's on one of the streaming channels. And we really were getting into the series. It's, it's made by the same guys that were involved in uh, Yellowstone and The Sopranos. It's those two I think it's Apple TV. That are together. No, it's not, I don't have Apple TV or I wouldn't have been able to watch it. It's one of the others. Hmm. It's one of the ones I have. But we found out when the season two premiere is premiering, and it's been pushed back to 2024. I'm like, okay, it's not going to premiere till next year. It was supposed to be just in a few months was their season two start. So I guess we can blame the strike for that, too. So anything that happens to me from now on, I'm going to blame the strike. Like before, we blamed everything on the on COVID. Now I'll just blame it on the strike. Oh, man, I got a flat tire. Must be the strike. Must be the strike. <laughs> That's, that's Blame it the on use the strike. Yeah. By the way, were you, before we run out of time, were you a fan of the first Conan film with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yes. The Barbarian? Conan yes. The Barbarian. I liked both of them. The sequel was called The Destroyer. I thought Conan The Destroyer, the sequel, in ways was a little was a little better than the first film only because it was more comic accurate 
the, what the comic book was doing, but I liked both of them. But as far as a motion picture goes, the first one is like classic. I mean, I love Conan the Barbarian. Right. Well, the, there's a new book out called Conan the Barbarian, the official story of the film. I saw this yesterday, and I didn't know that, and I was going to mention it to you like and the, the listeners. Making of or behind the yeah, scenes? it's like a huge. It's one of these beautiful books that they've come out with in 1982. Robert E. Howard's iconic literary anti-hero Conan slashes way from page to screen after a perilous decades-long journey with him trying to do it. Its potent mix of epic vistas and bloody battles, Conan the Barbarian thrilled moviegoers like Alan and I around the world and launched the career of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. That is good. I didn't see Conan till Cable because Conan was rated R, mm-hmm. and back in the day I wasn't. I snuck into some, but I, I didn't the get first into it. So we were watching it. My my buddy's dad was like, "Okay, okay, you guys can't look. I got to fast forward. We got one thing here." And of course, then why would anybody try? Then to do he goes that? and he made a mistake of like I think he was saying to himself like he. He's I trying to, to time God. it. So he's like, you guys, close your eyes. And then he looked down. He's like, okay. We heard okay. We opened our eyes. <laughs> And you saw something or and something. Well, I saw it played out really or fast. Something. Okay. <laughs> cool. And after that, you always thought that type of thing was supposed to be fast. I always wanted to have my it's own always supposed to be fast. princess warrior come take <laughs> and, care of me. And fast. Well, no, no, not so fast. Now I want it in slow. 40 years I after want to make it's, it lasts as long as possible. 40 years after it's released, this cult classic is celebrated in Conan the Barbarian, the official story of the film. It's a lush, hardback volume that tells the full story of how the film was made. Brand new interviews with cast and crew as well as behind-the-scenes photography from the set and concept art created for the production give fascinating insights into the development of one of the best-loved fantasy films of the 80s. Yes, they still make books, people. Nice coffee table, hardcover books, and this looks like it's one of them. It's for pre-sale. Go to TitanBooks.com and check it out. I think it's almost it's like 50 bucks, so you're going to be dropping some cash you for know, a book. But sometimes physical books are fun to have and look at. There's a new Wrath of Khan one that's out about the making of Wrath of Khan, a big coffee table hardcover see, like book. And it says, never before published behind-the-scene pictures and things maybe you haven't seen before that you thought you had, and that makes me want to revisit some of these books that are coming out recently. You know— and I know they're always looking to figure out what they can re- not only recycle but do with today's current technology. Game of Thrones is super popular. We've got the throwback series about, you know, with the House the, of the Dragon. dragons. Yeah. We, we've got the Lord of the Rings. They, they're they ripe for doing a Conan. Well, you know, they did a Conan movie remake another one no, a few no, years I'm ago. No, it's it got to be like Game of Thrones. It's got to okay. be a television right. they make it, where you're taking the books. Spend some time on it. And you're really developing that world, that character, they could his, do it. his arc. Because he ends as the king. Yeah, they could do it with Conan. But he starts as a slave, sold in, like kid sold into slavery. And that was the original plan. There's going to be a trilogy. There's going to be a third Conan movie with Arnold. Fell through. It didn't. I don't think the second one Red did as Sonya. well. But it didn't do it. He wasn't playing Conan in that, though, thank goodness. It's supposed to be the same world. But uh, Red Sonja was fun to watch for one reason. It was always fun. Do you remember who played? That's like saying uh, Beastmaster was fun to watch for one reason. Tanya Roberts. Yes. Do you remember who the bad guy is, or one of the, not the bad guy, who one of the guys was in Red Sonja? Ronald Lacey. 
coat from Raiders of the Lost Ark was in okay, that's on how you. bad my memory is on this. Like, I've scrubbed <laughs> it. Like, I can't you believe I watched this. Yeah, it was only good for us teenagers to watch for one or two reasons. And that was Bridget Nielsen playing Red Sonja. She looked like the comic book creation of Red Sonja, for sure. She looked like her. But that doesn't always make the movie right. Uh, you know, no, it doesn't. It do- the looks is not all it takes. When, when even as a kid, I was like, this is not good. See, when you can't even get a teenager to go, this is a good movie. Some of the some of the hardback books though that come out that are coffee table books like that. I know they take up a lot of room on your coffee table. That's why they're I mean they're big books, but they're not. But they're small. meant to be looked. But through. you open them up and they got these lush pages with color photos that you probably have, like they say in the Conan books book and that new Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan book that came out, which I think I sent you a link to you and Walt. Uh, there's never before published photos, and I'm like I, I'm like you're going to be. You're going to do really good if you if you show me a bunch of photos from Star Trek that I've never seen before because I've been around. Right. <laughs> when it comes to rare Star no Trek kidding. pictures, I've seen almost everything. I've seen Star Trek pictures maybe I shouldn't have seen. You know what though? You say that, <laughs> so, and then I'm a big fan of the daily the daily Jaws, and they'll come up with pictures. I'm like, I have never where seen. Where do they picture. find? Like, where those did you things? find that? That is awesome. Some of the shots of, of uh, Robert Shaw laying uh, on the shark, chilling. on the orca, just chilling, drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette or whatever. Some and Jaws too. They'll they'll put some Jaws two stuff up there. I'm like, I've that's never crazy. seen that picture. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So, so that's why we follow them online. There's no, <laughs> check them out. The Daily Jaws. Any of the, on Twitter and uh, and on and on uh, Facebook. If you're a fan of Jaws like we are, the Jaws movies order, and they're they're not discriminatory on the Daily Jaws. They they will cover Jaws: The Revenge, Jaws All the 3D. Jaws. If it was a Jaws film, they will cover it. Well, you know, I had such a good time today as always. Shall we do it again? Let's do it again next week. Yeah, okay. and I'll turn this all into a I'll podcast and look out for it. I'll be here. He'll be here, and next Friday will be another challenging day for you probably too. So. You run all over the place and turn a microphone on somewhere and start talking. Somewhere somebody's listening to <laughs> or me. Choose faders. Not and my wife. It's BK on the air. I'll see you next week. Well, at least Twiggy's on my side. <laughs>